welcome to Lost Levels Club. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. I have with me tonight Sir Michael. Hello. And myself. Timothy. Hello. We're a book club for games. And today we are. Today we are going to talk about. Cyberpunk 2077. Well, Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, no spoilers. Spoilers? No spoilers. This is actually going to be spoiler free. 100%. Or very, 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 very minor spoilers. No story spoilers. Okay. No, nothing in here that wasn't already in a trailer. Like, if you're surprised that Keanu Reeves is in this game, then sorry. So, Cyberpunk 2077, finally released on December 10th, 2020. It was, well, was it a long time in the making? It was four years, or thereabouts, really. But public perception was that it was eight, right? Because I think they announced it in 2012. Yeah, which is actually before the PS4. Wow, that's true. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a really long time in gaming. I mean, it's funny, actually, looking at it, looking back at it versus looking forward to it coming out, you know, the delays, like it kept being delayed. It was always 2020, but it was originally April 2020, and then it was September, and then November, and then finally it came out 10th December. And at the time, that felt like such a long time. But looking back at it, it's just like, it was all 2020. That's not too bad. It's not like there was anything else to do in 2020. But we, we had the fast school situation where by the, the second delay, the 19th November delay, they'd gone gold. They had announced they'd gone gold on October 5th. But even after that, they delayed the 19th November date to 10th December. Yeah. But I think it just goes to show that going gold doesn't mean what it used to. You know, it used to mean it's done, put it on the discs, ship it. And now it's put what we want on the discs and then we're going to furiously work on the day one patch so that the game actually works. So you've made a note that the, the game was overhyped. But is that something you feel personally? I mean, I guess overhyped is a subjective measure. But this game was hyped to the moon, right? Like This game was... Pe people were saying this was going to be like the greatest game of all time, right? Like, it was certainly implied that this was going to be some new frontier in gaming or at least that's how i felt so you were hyped for this yeah well i mean what's not to be hyped about it was actually it was kind of unclear even what kind of game it was you know like was it an immersive sim was it like a gta type game was it a fallout or skyrim type game all i knew was that it was some incredible game set in an amazingly created virtual cyberpunk city and you could do all sorts of, you know, like basically every cool cyberpunk trope from the last century of sci-fi kind of existed in this game, you know. I say century of sci-fi, <laughs> however long people have been writing sci-fi, cyberpunk sci-fi, that's probably a few decades only. But, you know, like every cyberpunk trope was in this game. You know, you can enhance your brain, you can hack things by looking at them, you can change your arms out for like mantis blades, you can jack into the internet and like experience a virtual environment you can see things through someone else's eyes because they've recorded their emotions and of course it's very hard for the reality of anything to live up to that level of hype especially when it's a total jank fest one other funny stat it's estimated that the 
cost to make this game was 313 million USD, which I think is slightly less than Star Citizen. But that's still up there. I mean, that's a very large number, right? Remember when 100 million was an expensive game? Yeah. You know, who were the investors on this? No wonder they needed to push it out. You know, they needed to recoup some of that investment stat. I think they've done that, though. I mean, I think they've sold over 10 million copies. But, I mean, it's been a rocky launch. Like, how many of those 10 million copies have been refunded? Who knows? Let's talk about first-hand experience. Yeah. Because, you know, we're both playing on PC. You almost played on PS4. Yeah, I, I remember talking to you about this. And I was arming and arming. Shall I play on PS4? Shall I play on PC? I'm moving countries. Will it be easier if I play on PS4? Because I'll take it with me. With PC, I'm not going to have that luxury. I don't know. I mean, I, I moved country and I'm playing it on PC. But yeah, the I think at the time we were making this decision, it was before it had released. And, you know, there, there were some rumors that the last gen, I think we have to call it now, console versions were having problems. But I don't think it was clear quite how bad those problems were. Because, you know, all of the pre-release footage and all of the initial reviews were of the PC version. And then when the actual PS4 and Xbox One versions came out, it was not good. So, yeah, fortunately, we both got it on PC. So, should we talk about specs? Yeah, yeah, go go ahead. Yeah, so, I ran it on a 1060, a 6GB 1060, which... It's actually way more powerful than the base PS4. Actually, it performs quite well, I thought. 30 to 40 frames per second on medium. And one important thing to note is I, I ran it on an SSD. I think that's a big difference. I think that's the key difference, really, if I'm honest. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned in the options on the PC version, there is actually a slow disk mode, which I guess is intended if you're running it off an old-school hard drive. Yeah, and I really think that's what's killing the PS4. Yeah, it's true. I, must, I mean, like the PS4, if you think, was not more powerful than a PC when it came out. And if, if you imagine trying to run this game on like a seven or eight year old PC, yeah, that would be grim. A, a seven or eight year old PC with a slow hard drive. No wonder it's struggling. I mean, I'm running it, I'm running it on a laptop. But it is like a gaming ultra-portable laptop. So with the internal graphics, it's a bit of a struggle. I think it, it manages maybe 30 frames per second. It actually, it manages 30 frames per second on medium, which is not bad. 20 to 30, so it's not great. But I also bought an eGPU. So I'm actually just... I actually just put a desktop-class graphics card in. It's the, it's the graphics card from my desktop machine. So with that... I get 30 to 40 frames per second on ultra with ray tracing. So that's good. Right. Can't complain. And I think to get better performance than that, I would need a better CPU. I'm pretty sure it's the CPU holding it back. I mean, having said that, have you had any other problems, bugs, technical issues? I've had one hard crash to desktop. And then after that, when I tried to boot the game up, it just couldn't get going. Everything was fine, and then it would just crawl to one to two, three frames a second, and then it would spike back up. All it needed was a hardware a reboot, though, and that was fine after that. I was really worried that my save was corrupted. That's always your big fear, right? Mm, yeah. But no, like, I've had, I'm not coming across any, like, T-posing or anything like that, or models just skating around places or not really come across those glitches yeah i don't think i've seen any really shocking glitches like you know some of the ones i've seen online like i've seen ones of like trees melting or as you said t-posing and stuff i mean i've seen a bit of t-posing and another thing i see a lot is the ai on cars just completely losing it like a car just like plowing straight into a wall and like clipping into the wall and like embedding itself halfway in and then exploding and stuff like it's not just one car as well like when it happens like a whole bunch of ai cars just like take the corner completely wrong and just repeatedly all plow into like bits of road scenery but 
on the whole, it's been mostly okay. I I, I actually have mostly played though on patch one point oh six. Like I I played very little before that patch, so that may account for the relatively okay experience. I mean, one thing I do have a lot of problems with is the audio. So on both my desktop PC and this laptop, I've had the same problem, in fact, where the audio is like stuttering or crackling. And then it's like it's playing back too slow and it's going out of sync with the actual character movements or it makes the actual whole frame rate of the the game stutter. And I finally found a fix for it. So I actually had to turn down the playback quality in Windows sound settings. So, I mean, admittedly, I do have weird sound hardware in all of my machines because of podcast and fancy headphones and stuff. But I had to turn it down to like vanilla 44 kilohertz playback. And that generally fixes it. Sometimes I have to toggle it back and forth a few times to get the stuttering to stop. And then after after it's fixed, it's okay. Okay. But there you go. So that's a tip for anyone playing on PC who has this issue. Shall we move on to the game? So, if I had to describe this game, it's Skyrim Inner City. Okay. I went with Fallout 4, Inner City. But Fallout 4's already in a city. Yeah, but (laughs) I know what you mean. It's like, it's in a city that's not a radioactive... I mean, kind of, it, it kind of is a radioactive hellhole, but it's like one that's been built up again, right? It's like an actual living city. Yeah. I mean, I I think there's some very light immersive sim elements. Like, if you want it, there's some crawling around in vents and stealth takedowns. It's funny that those are immersive sim elements, actually. But yeah, there's there's a bit of Deus Ex, Prey, Dishonored kind of gameplay in there too, if you want it. But yeah, it feels more like a hybrid of... Uh, Bethesda RPG and GTA Five. Mm, I had issue with had issue with you comparing it to GTA because I don't think the city is as well realized as GTA's. I I I don't understand where you're coming from with that. Like you already, you already you already made a point of having cars unable to take a turn, and then the following ten cars also be unable to take a turn. Yeah, but that's just an AI glitch. Right. Like it's not like the it's not like they deliberately programmed it for the cars to be like, oh, I'm gonna drive into this wall. You know, like that's not meant to happen. And and things like that happen in GTA as well every now and then. Every now and then. And it's all you know, it may just be that it's usually just the one car or two cars. I find with Cyberpunk, if I park the car in an awkward place, everyone just queues behind me, you know, they won't they don't have the foresight to go around my car. I don't feel the world is moving, is going on without me. I feel like everything is set up for me, you know, just to, so in my, you know, in my 10 meter, 20 meter perimeter, everything is moving. It's like Truman Show. Yeah, but I think that's just, I mean, this is an interesting conversation. Like This is, this is also why I feel like, you know, is this pushing the boundaries of gaming further forward? Like, it's simulating that smaller area around you in a way. But it's to a much higher level of fidelity than GTA, or it's potentially to a much higher level of fidelity than GTA, right? Like, this game has a lot of promise that it it can't quite seem to, you know, make good on. But that's that's the thing I'm trying to say. Like, the city is much more real than GTA. 
Like GTA is this big city that looks that looks cool from a distance, right? You can drive around, there's all these people, there's all these cars. But GTA's sandbox is like very shallow. It's like very good at doing something. It's very good at the car stuff, obviously, you know, the clues in the name. And then it has fun moments. Like there are fun missions where, you know, like go into this building and do this stuff. But like most of the buildings are just a facade. There's like nothing in them. Like Night City, like all the buildings are real buildings. Like if you see it, you can go there. And often you can go inside there too and take a lift up to the roof. You know, like there's so much stuff in Night City. That's why I mean it's like GTA, but more so. I know what you mean. So with GTA, if you don't test it, if you don't test the simulation, you can be fooled. And you know, you'll happily be fooled. Yeah. Whereas with Bethesda, oh no, I say Bethesda, (laughs) with Cyberpunk, you can you can test the simulation and you can be surprised, right? Because it'll support it. But the problem is you have adult children walking around and it just freaks you out. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the problem. That's the thing. It's like, it's all there. It's amazing. It just doesn't work half the time. But it's there. I mean, I think that's also kind of the problem. Like, the bits of it that are good are so good that the bits of it that are bad just stand out as like really like this is terrible you know like at first like when i was writing my notes for this i was just like everyone walks the same everyone's got this weird like swaggering walk and it's just like why didn't they have more walk cycles and then i realized when i looked at it more carefully no there are more walk cycles people actually do walk in all sorts of different ways it's just like there's this one particular walk cycle that lots of people seem to use and it's very distinctive and like you say with you know, like the kids, there are kids walking around, but they just look like miniature adults. It's really odd. Also, why are there kids walking around? It's like this city is like, this city is like so dangerous. There should not be unaccompanied kids just wandering around. Like it's almost immersion breaking that they're there. Maybe there's law behind it. Maybe they're, they're adults, but they've... Yeah, maybe they're just really short people. Yeah. And they've modded themselves to embrace that. Who knows? I don't know, it's just just think about it. Like think about what Skyrim looks like. I mean Skyrim admittedly is like twenty eleven, right? But think about Skyrim or or GTA. But again, GTA is really old too. And then think about this game. Like this game the level of fidelity in this game is just so much higher. Like the way all the people look, they've all dressed differently the buildings are in you know the whole city the vistas are incredible you know like you're driving over these like sweeping you know motorways or highways they're all crisscrossing at different angles you can climb up a building you can go and look down from the roof and see all the tiny people below you can drive outside the city onto the dam and see the whole city with the neon holograms like blasting into the sky like it is amazing and it's not a one-trick pony, too. That's the thing. Like, the Badlands look really different. The trash heap, as you drive outside the city towards all, like, the satellite power stuff, again, looks different. Again, isn't amazing. When you're driving through the trash heap, it's, like, kicking up all, like, the junk particles and things. When it's good, it's so good. But it's also just... It's... It can't maintain the illusion. You know, like... In bright sunlight, it looks incredible. But when the sun starts to go down or everyone's in diffuse light, there's just no shadows. And it looks really weird because when there are shadows, they look perfect. But, you know, the ray trace shadows, for example, they only come from the sun. So as soon as everyone's in indirect lighting, just no one has any shadows. I agree. You know, before you assume that I don't think it's a pretty game, it certainly is, especially when you're moving it looks great. And especially if you're returning to Night City, it looks really, really good. It's just when you stop and stare, it's all a bit wonky. Stare at the people. Yeah, I guess it has the same issue as GTA where even though they're trying harder with the simulation aspects, it's not there. I mean, I guess maybe maybe it will never be there. Like, is it possible to simulate a city to this level of detail? you know, to where it's realistic or to where it feels real. 
then again, maybe even if you could, would it even be fun? At the end of the day, making something that's just like reality is not necessarily fun. And a game is meant to be fun, but I don't know. I, mean, I guess like a random other bit of world building that I really enjoyed is I've just been walking around the city and I've just like turned and looked at a TV and like the TV's got news reports and then also multiple episodes of this cartoon that they've made of I think it's a Doberman what kind of I don't even know what kind of dog it is like in a police uniform explaining to a pug how to be safe in Night City and it's like I've seen several episodes of this cartoon you know they must have made multiple episodes of it like that's dedication you know like they didn't need to make that but they did you know there's so much there's so much craft in this game. There's so much quality in some places. But then in others, it just like completely falls down. Like, the, you know, a major case where it just completely falls apart, where the illusion just completely is shattered. No one cares if you steal anything. You know, on the mechanical side. You know, forget about how it looks. Forget about the shadows and stuff. Like, you can just walk into someone's home and just take everything that's not nailed down. And they don't care. Like, I walked into the back office of a club and the manager was there and I just went and emptied their safe. Just took out all the Euro dollars. They didn't mind. That makes no sense. But does it matter? Clearly you're you know, at least, from... At least in Skyrim, I had to put the bucket on their heads so they couldn't see me do it. You know, in this, no one cares if you steal. That feels like a mechanic that they just didn't have time to implement. Or maybe they implemented it and it wasn't fun, or they implemented it and it didn't work properly and it wasn't reliable, and then they thought they should take it out. Because, you know, having it in but just super janky and not working would be more annoying than not having it in at all. So they maybe they just ripped it out because they just didn't have time to fix it. But it, it feels weird to me. Yeah, because it can't be unreliable or inconsistent. It's surprising that it bothers you so much. Clearly you play RPG games. I just think, you know, for, for the first few hours of playing it, I was really like, oh, I'm going to steal this thing. I bet I hope they're not watching me. And then eventually I realized no one cares. No one cares. I can go into their bedroom and just take all their stuff. It, it just seems really weird to me. It's interesting because you've highlighted the, the joy of stealing. Because I, I just want the loot. I don't care about whether I'm stealing steal it or not. I can't steal in real life. I have, to, I have to get my kicks from somewhere. But clearly, clearly there's a certain level of delight from stealing something. I'm happy the game doesn't care. <laughs> something I want to talk about, Mike, is the, the mission structure. Or how there's so many different types of activities you can get involved in. As I understand it right now, because I've not completed the game, the main story is quite short, but there are lots of side missions and gigs and sort of ad hoc, randomly generated encounters. Yes. That is my understanding too. I think it's overwhelming. I think it's, I think it's all a bit too much, and I don't think there's enough context to know what's important and what's not. I think that's what's actually come out from the reviews. It's like people have, was it, um, mainlined the, the main campaign and then realized they shot themselves in the foot by not doing more of the content because that drives the main story, actually. Yeah, it's like in this game, what is fun and what's not fun? You know, it is overwhelming. You, when, when you start the game proper, you know, you finish the the opening segment, boom, you're in Night City. And it's not like GTA where you, you've got access to a small section first and it opens up. It's like, boom, here's the city, have fun. And it is overwhelming because it's this massive map and there's icons all over it. What does any of it mean? For sure, very overwhelming. And also, I think it's really variable like the quality of the missions, like which ones are fun and which ones are not fun. Because we talked about it a bit, like are the side missions worth doing or not? And I think when we first talked about it, I was saying like, oh, I've done some of the main missions and I did some side missions and it's just not fun. I just don't understand why people keep talking about the side missions. But 
I think it was just I happened to do some really boring side missions where, you know, just go here and shoot someone. I was like, is that it? I've done some really cool side missions since then. You know, it, it actually feels like most of the story or a really significant part of important story is actually in the side missions. It's just that you've got to dig a little deeper to open them up. Because I, I think that structurally there is this street cred system and I think certain missions only open up at certain levels of street cred. You know, there was a really cool bit where I got sent on a mission and when I was on that mission, I was, you know, I was snooping around this person's house for reasons and looking at their emails. And there was an email where they go and ask someone who's a brain dance expert, you know, oh, I need help looking at this brain dance that I've managed to get hold of for clues about something. And that's someone that you've worked with earlier in the game. And that person says, oh, I'm sorry, I'm really swamped at the moment, but here's this Merc V. They're really preem. They can handle it for you. And that's why you get contacted with the mission because of your reputation. So it is cool that they've taken that time to like do that world building and glue those things together. You know, again, it just feels really inconsistent because sometimes it's really good and sometimes it's just really bad or random. Or it feels random. Like maybe it's actually really clever behind the scenes, but you can't comprehend it and it just feels like it came out of the blue. I guess we'll talk through these in the next step. Yeah. I mean, since I've mentioned brain dancers, that was another very hyped mechanic pre-release. How do you feel about them? Have you done many? I don't know how deep into the game you are. I can tell from your face you're not impressed. <laughs> well, I think I think I was expecting too much from the brain dancers, honestly, because the way they are in game is literally exactly how they're presented in that trailer vid they had about them. You can you can watch the playback, it highlights the important bits, and all you do is watch the playback and look at the bits it's highlighted like there's there's no real decision making in there there's no like oh you know look at this monitor and enhance you know if the monitor is important it'll be highlighted and you look at it and it tells you the answer i guess they could have a hard mode they could have had a hard mode and they just remove the the highlighting of the section that you need to be paying attention to does that make sense because there are three tracks and yeah, it tells okay. you so i yeah I don't know. I think in the end, it's fine. I was just expecting too much. I think the way they've done it is actually probably perfectly good for the game, for the, you know, the game they wanted to make. Because what I was talking about, that would almost be a game in itself, right? That's like a detective game. Yeah, Oprah Din style. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, this is just a mini game inside another bigger game. So I was a little disappointed, but I shouldn't have been, you know. The product is exactly what it was advertised as, so fair enough. Another thing, fashion. Did you care what you wore? I think you do. I think you care. I care about having the highest armor value. <laughs> do you really? And then even if you're covered in spikes, you don't care. I, I was wearing... <laughs> I was wearing denim hot pants and... Your high armor denim hot pants. Yeah, <laughs> literally, because it was the it was the highest armor thing I have. So I was wearing denim hot pants and like a crop top, and I'm I'm male by the way in this game, <laughs> and a pink helmet with a little bow on it. I wear whatever has the highest armor value. So I I do find it ridiculous that denim hot pants have a higher armor value. You know, like it is. It's because people don't want to shoot you at that point. It's not, How could... <laughs> I just don't want to shoot him. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. The armor value is like psychological armor. They feel bad about shooting someone dressed like that. No, it just seems funny. I mean, I guess mechanically it makes sense because it's higher level gear. I don't know. I mean, this is a funny game design conversation, right? Like, How do you make one of these games? Because the way they've done it 
is the way most of these games are done, which is like higher level equals higher tier gear. And so like you might have some like military ballistic vest, but it's like a level five item. And so it's got like 10 armor. And then later on, you've got a t-shirt, but it's a level 100 item. So it's got a hundred armor, you know, like that makes sense mechanically in a way, but it's also like, you're breaking my immersion, man. I, I always wonder if games like this would be better if the level curve was flatter, if you see what I mean. Like, I can't tell because I don't think there are many games that are like that. Well, maybe stuff like Tarkov is, you know, but like, if you practice something for a long time in real life, you know, like the difference between like a level one soldier and a level 30 soldier, you know, like the level 30 soldier in real life can't take more bullets than a level one soldier. They're just as squishy, right? Like, would a game be better like that? Like, is a ballistic vest you find early on, well, if it's a really great ballistic vest, it's still going to be just as good later on. Because that's how stuff like Tarkov works. And I, I can't help but think, in a game that's trying to be more immersive and realistic, maybe it should work like that too. But then there's no joy in finding more armor. Yeah, I mean, that is the problem. Like, it... it damages the power fantasy or you go down the Fortnite route and just have crazier costumes available to you yeah i mean the way this game has done it is the way you'd expect them to do it so i guess that's fine did you miss the lack of a third person mode yeah i mean you you very rarely actually see what you're wearing anyway, except in the inventory screen. So I guess, I guess that's a shame. Would you have still gone with the pink helmet, crop top and denim shorts? Yes, 100%. I want that armor, man. What are you doing? Are you dressing for fashion rather than for stats? I'm dressing for fashion. <laughs> what? I don't want spikes on what I'm wearing. I don't want, like, spikes on my shoulder pads. Spikes on my boots. Wait, wait, wait. How do you want to look? Are you wearing, like, a suit? Are you really... Kinda. Like, like you know, like, Matrix kind of style. Everything's just black. Oh, You're actually trying to be Keanu. You're trying to be Neo. The other Keanu. You're trying to be the... the other Keanu. Do you not remember the trailers? You know, there were, like, three distinct styles. Are you living that dream? I'm wearing denim hot pants and have a pink helmet with a blue bow on it. I feel like you've gone down that, you know, that's consistent. <laughs> if you know what I mean. That, you know, just... that, that is a look. You know, that's a consistent look. I mean, it's, it's not consistent because it's whatever has the higher armor at the time. Yeah, but it just so happens that, you know, they, they come together as an outfit. Yeah, my ensemble matches, for now at least. We should move on. All right. Well, one last thing then, when it comes to third person. So, I'm always driving in third person. I don't know about you. I, I tried driving from the first person perspective. Practically impossible. Actually, I find the driving practically impossible full stop. The only vehicle I'm capable of driving in any remotely competent way is, well, actually are the motorcycles. The motorcycles seem to handle okay. All the cars I own, I'm just, I'm like the AI. I'm just plowing into, you know, walls and stuff. You're playing on keyboard and mouse, right? I am playing keyboard and mouse. I, I do wonder if the cars are easier to handle if you're using a controller, because then the turning and the acceleration will be analog. Or maybe the higher tier cars are better. Like maybe if you've got a sports car, the turning circle is better. Because I'm just still using the crappy, you know, first car you get. I haven't bought any new vehicles. I think the camera is bad for driving. Yeah. For, for whatever reason, I really struggled with the driving. First person view, I immediately was like, I can't handle this. Third person view, better, but I still, by preference, I will always use a motorcycle because it just handles so much better. Same, same. And I'm really glad that I got a motorbike, motorcycle. Yeah. 
Although no spoilers as to why. talk about a playthrough so i have played i think 31 hours at this point and i'm in the last third of the game main story wise so i've played a good chunk but i haven't finished it yet and then how far have you got i've only played the first act and since the the city's opened up i've just been playing all the moderate side missions yeah because it ranks the side missions by difficulty right yeah so i've done all the moderate side missions and now i'm working i'm going back to the main story that's where i'm at cool so that's something i want to let's talk about now right let's talk about side missions versus main missions versus gigs versus random encounters didn't we already talk about that no i want to talk about how you're playing them like what's your split like, are you bothering with random encounters? Are you bothering with gigs? Are you buying cars? I just want to understand, like, are you trying to mainline it or not? I haven't bought any cars. I've done very few gigs. I have been doing most... I, I kind of mainlined the main story. I actually played up until the end of chapter two, doing very few... I did a few side missions. The ones that looked interesting, but not very many. And then since finishing chapter two, I've done only side missions. And then the side missions have turned out to be much better than I expected. Some of them, at least. The, the gigs and stuff and like the minor side missions, like dealing with the cyber psychos or dealing with the missing cabs and stuff. Like I've done them when I've encountered them. Like I think if you get really close to a gig or a side mission, you actually get a call from the fixer. And the fixer just gives you the mission on the spot because you're in the right place. So when I've been in the right place at the right time, I've gone and done it. The gigs have generally been because of that. Okay. Are you seeking them out? No, no. So, you know, previously we talked about how it's overwhelming that all these options are open up to you. So I'm consciously just doing the main missions and the side missions. I don't think I'm going to bother with gigs or random encounters. Yeah, I feel like the gigs and the random encounters are just, like, padding. You know, they're, they're for people who want to play a lot to give them something to do once they finish the missions, I guess. Just to keep the world going. Yeah, I don't know if it's good or bad, but I like to have a strategy for these things to keep me focused. You know, and you always read about this in Assassin's Creed where you just have, you're flooded with points of interest on the map for things to do. So you need to have a plan, otherwise you're just going to get swamped by faf actually i wonder you know maybe other people are comparing and contrasting this to assassin's creed but because i've not played any ubisoft games recently i don't have that context anyway speaking of context so the setting of this game the cyberpunk pen and paper game i've never played it so it's also possible that there's other stuff you know like you mentioned the kids maybe the kids are actually there's a reason for them looking like small adults. Who knows, right? There's lots of stuff in this game that maybe I'm supposed to pick up on, but I don't because I know nothing about the actual cyberpunk you know, franchise. So please also keep that in mind. And then, yeah, so we talked about how structurally we're playing the game. How are we mechanically playing the game? I read that the game was too easy in a review. Like, I read that katanas were really overpowered. And as a result, I decided to totally cheese it and do a katana build. 
And I also put the game on hard difficulty to try and counterbalance that. So since I didn't really know who to make and I just thought I'm going to do this Katana thing, well, in the character creator, I decided to try and make a character that looked like Sasuke from Naruto. So my, my character, you know, I saw in the character creator there were spiral eyes and I thought, oh, it's like the Rinnegan from Naruto. Sorry, this is like anime weeb stuff. And then gave him the spiral eyes, tried to find a haircut that looked a bit like Sasuke, tried to find a face that looked a bit like Sasuke. He looks nothing like Sasuke. He just looks like some generic dude. And then the other problem is, obviously, I think for the voice, there's just like one male voice, which is fair enough because obviously there's a lot of audio in the game. But he sounds nothing like Sasuke either. So I actually kind of wish I'd just gone with the default character, like made him look like the one in all the trailers. Because then at least my mental picture of what they look like and the voice would match. But instead, I've just got this weird guy that I tried to make look like Sasuke, who's theoretically meant to be using katanas, but, you know, it's not gone so well. What have you done? So, I I decided to make a character that looked totally human with no mods. Because I... I wasn't really embracing the cyberpunk setting at that time. And I really regret it now. But like you, I wish I'd done the uh, default. Yeah, I, I... You haven't played Mass Effect either, actually, which we talked about. Or you've played only a tiny bit. But I think that is the problem with these games where there's a lot of audio. You know? Like, yeah, you can customise your character, you can make them look however you want. But then the disconnect between how they sound and how they behave in cutscenes versus how you've made them look is just like too great sometimes. And it's like, I'd almost just like to play this character than try and make a character of my own, you know, when there's so much audio. But with Mass Effect, you just pick Shepard, right? That was easy for me. Should we move on to how we played the game? Okay, what skills did you put your points into? at the start and as the game's gone on. I assume, I assume you're playing on normal. Of course I'm playing on normal. Yeah. Okay. So I invested in reflexes, intelligence and technical ability. And zero cool. Because I'm not stealthing anywhere. What? Literally zero? Or you just put no points in? I put no points in. Okay. Because I think the base stat is three? I think so. Or at least I've got, I've put no points into technical ability. So mine is actually kind of the opposite to you. Well, it's mm, sort of. I mean, I've also got points in, actually, yeah. So at the start of the game, like I said, I was going to try and do this cool guy katana build. <laughs> so I put loads of points into cool reflexes and body. But in the end, I've ended up putting loads of points into int as well. So my intelligence stat is actually really high because as the game's gone on, I just kept putting points into it for hacking purposes. Mostly for the hacking computers to get money and quick hack components, though. I've done very little actual quick hack, you know, like overheating enemies or short-circuiting enemies or whatever. I don't do that very much. I guess I turn off cameras with it. So are you not sneaking at all? You just always go in, guns blazing? Um, I'll sneak if it's easy. I don't want to have a sneaky build because then I'll just stealth the whole game and playing stealth is not fun generally. Oh yeah, stealth, stealthing game. Yeah, I know. I know exactly what you mean. Because like Good. stealthing, stealthing is so slow and it can be really, really annoying. But I also, I also kind of feel like they're trying to push you to do it sometimes and so oh yeah i've just fallen into the trap and i'm just stealthing everywhere at least to begin with most of the time so i'll stealth when it's easy and it doesn't require any expertise from me so i am doing it that way it's more fun to shoot things simple also i've had to invest a little bit into body because that's how you get health points Mm, true so what's your weapon choice Weapon of choice, assault rifle, SMG. Power, tech, smart? Power. So rapid firing guns. Yeah, I've not come across many smart 
rifles and very few technical rifles. I think they probably become more common as the game goes on or as your level increases. I mean, I started the game trying to do this katana build because I read in a review that it was overpowered and it did not work for me. <laughs> like, you know, in the review, they talk about how you can just run in and you take a few shots and then you're just like slicing and dicing everyone and they just can't react. Whereas like shotgun shells, people just shrug off. And like my experience of the game is the complete opposite. So maybe this is something that got patched, but I try and zip in with my katana and I just die. Like I literally get floored before I can close the gap. At least early game. It might be better now because I've got more armor from my hot pants. But, you know, to begin with, I was really unable to actually close the gap most of the time. And when I was slicing and dicing, there's usually more than one enemy. So the other one just kills me shotguns shotguns literally floored people so i went through a spate of shooting people with shotguns and knocking them to the ground and just blasting people with shotguns so i thought maybe i'll try and do a shotgun build but then in the end i got a tech marksman rifle and the entire game has just become super easy i'm just like cheesing everything now so the tech rifles when they're fully charged shoot through walls so all i do is mark everyone stand behind a wall and then just shoot them all through walls while they're running around trying to figure out where i am like nothing can stop me now i've got so many grenades and med kits because like i never get hit but does it feel good it is actually surprisingly fun like i find now that i will often try and stealth stuff to begin with and then if it all goes wrong, I'm like, right, time to just shoot everyone then. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm naturally marking people as I'm moving around stealthing stuff. And then if it all goes wrong at the end, it doesn't matter. I just shoot, shoot the survivors. Or I'll just katana them. Because the katana, the katana does actually work now. Especially if someone spots you and they're right next to you. It's like, katana time. Chop, 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 chop. Yeah, I mean, also the stealth is kind of jank. It, it, again, it feels, you know, like my earlier comment about maybe the stealing was broken and that's why the system is completely absent because maybe it was there and they took it out. Like there are bins for you to drop bodies in. And I feel like those bins are a clutch because if you don't drop the bodies in the bins, you'll just get an alert to say a body's been discovered and now the enemies are all on alert. Even if there was like definitely no one even remotely near the body. It, it feels like something goes wrong sometimes with the line of sight calculations and they just see the body even though they were nowhere near it. And that's why these bins exist for you to clean up the bodies just to cludgily fix that problem. But yeah, in the end, I'm, you know, as I said, I'm not being a stealth purist and sometimes also, you know, just can't be bothered to stealth it. Just, just start shooting or just highlight everyone and then stand behind the wall and start shooting. Actually, if I'm going to complain as well, I tried going deeper down the stealth path at one point and I wanted a ranged takedown. So there's a throwing knife skill and I thought, oh, this sounds cool. So I took the skill and then I was like, okay, how do I throw knives? And I couldn't figure out how to do it. And then I Googled it and it said, oh, you need to, to get knives. Weapon shops will have them. So, okay. So I, I was then looking to buy throwing knives but I couldn't find any throwing knives in any of the shops. And then I Googled it again. And then I was like, oh, you don't throw throwing knives. You just throw the regular knives that you can buy. So there's like a few different kinds of melee weapons in the game. You know, there's like blunt weapons. There's like long blades, like katanas. And then there's short blades, which are knives that you can throw. So instead of blocking with the short blades, you actually can throw them instead when you hold the right mouse button. But... It just seems to be totally broken because the throw, you know, the knives you get, some of them are really expensive or they can be like legendary quality and you can just yeet it at an enemy and then it's <laughs> gone forever because you can't actually recover the knife after you've thrown it. So I don't really understand what they were thinking with this skill, but I don't want to permanently throw away like a legendary knife. Like I, I just don't really understand. It, it just seems it just seems insane to me. Like it's, it's like another really weird design decision. I'm sure you're meant to be able to recover that knife. 
Yeah, it could just be a glitch. Like, there are lots of times when I can see an item and I can't pick it up. Like, it's highlighted on the map, it's highlighted in the world, and I'm looking at it, and I'm, like, trying to approach it from all sorts of different angles, and I can't pick up the item. So, who knows? Maybe it's just, maybe it's a bug. But it could be a balancing issue, like, maybe throwing knives are too too powerful. I mean, after I learned that I don't get the knife back, I've never actually, <laughs> I've never actually used this throwing knife skill. I just have one last thing. Can V swim? Or does he drown? He or she? V can swim. Although, I've not tried, like, jumping in the river. But I was in a park and there was a pond and I decided to take a dip in it. And I could swim around in that. So, V can swim. Cool. That's very cool. Does this elevate above GTA in your... (laughs) But... You've played most of the main campaign and you've, and you've not had to swim. Well, seems, unti- seems underutilized. How often, do you, how often do you swim when you're wandering around a city? It's realistic. You don't take a dip in the Thames. But there must be a mission that makes the most of that mechanic. If they've, if they've supported swimming, then they should really make use of it. Uh, maybe, maybe there will be one later on or maybe there's some side missions that do. I don't know. Yeah. Because I found equipment that improves my oxygen reserves or something like i found equipment that's like plus 10 oxygen or something so yeah maybe there is a reason for it hopefully or it could have just been for completeness shall we wrap up okay so that's it for spoiler free discussion i mean i feel like it's I feel like it's an 8 out of 10 game at the moment. But, you know, we'll see how my opinion changes as as I play more or as I finish it. And so for next month, well, I'm going to finish the game. You're going to try and play some more. Depending on how things go from a technical perspective. Yeah, I'll play some more. I think the plan is I won't have my PC, but I'm going to try and get hold of GeForce Now and play on that. Supposedly, I can I can open Steam up and load it through there, and hopefully, that I won't lose my cloud saves. I've heard I've read horror stories about cloud saves being getting corrupted, but I'll let you know. Yeah, I'm really curious how that shakes out because GeForce Now is not available in Hong Kong, so I'm really curious how that goes for you. And yeah, we're going to do a part two of Cyberpunk, and it is going to be spoiler filled as we talk about the plot and the story and other funny moments so until next time we were lost levels club we still are lost levels club please rate and subscribe to us on itunes please 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 you can find us on email mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club on Twitter, at Lost Levels Club. On Twitch, as Lost Levels Club. Anywhere else? Reddit, slash r slash Lost Levels Club. So, Michael, what are you grateful for today? I am grateful that I get to spend more time with my mum. Seeing as I'm trapped in the UK <laughs> indefinitely. But at least I have a place to stay and can spend more time with family. So there's that at least after 10 years in Hong Kong. So Michael says bye. Bye bye. <laughs>